special guest today but I'm not telling you who it is it's exciting it's gonna be a great episode I'm so it's been such a good morning probably because Pastor Nicole made me coffee that's how I started my morning was Pastor Nicole well no it was Jesus in prayer and then I got ready for the day but Pastor Nicole made me coffee early on in the day anyway caffeine's kicked in can you tell <laughs> no i'm so excited to be here with you i hope that you guys are having a great day make sure that you comment below tell us who you are where you're watching from so that way we can say hello back to you and i'm going to say hi to people right now guys before i do big news i'm looking at the restream comments today so if you're commenting on youtube i can see you today i can acknowledge your presence <laughs> uh, Abby says hi. Johnny says hello. Uh, Pastor Nicole says Eo and I are here. Kevin says good afternoon. What's right, family? <laughs> I just realized that I can't I can't see who hops online if I don't have if I don't have the live stream up. So literally, if you're if you're not commenting, I I can't say hi to you yet. So you need to let me know that you're watching. <sighs> I'm just excited. I I legitimately do think the caffeine has hit me right now with how fast I said those sentences. I haven't been talking a ton, but they all just came out really fast. So it's a mix of being excited to see you and having that excitement be caffeine induced. Anyway, thank you for joining us today. I see my husband. He's online. And Serena says, hey, <laughs> Marky says, hi, guys. Because that's my Marky voice. Every time I do a Marky voice, that's my Marky voice. And Holly says, hello. Well, guys, as you know, for those of you who have been following the saga unfold all week, Marky, Eleanor, Dottie, Dunphy, and I have started a movement. It is the Make Memes Great Again movement. Make Memes Great Again Incorporated. I am not showing memes today because, well... I'm, I'm not ready for them. Make Memes Great Again, sponsored by MMGA Incorporated, 
approved by Barrett Nauer and Marky Dumpy. <laughs> this is probably the pinnacle of my all of my graphic design all rolled into one. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not showing memes uh, today because they need to get funnier before I show them. But instead, I want to chit-chat with you. I want to play this or that with you. And I, yes, I'm deciding right now that I want my special guest to participate in this. And I didn't tell Marky I was going to do this. So it'll be great. Put up the first this or that, please. This or that, which would you prefer to do? An amusement park or a day at the beach? Which one would you prefer to do? I am all for an amusement park in theory, but not so much over a day at the beach. Our special guest is here, and I very much want her to weigh in, because it's a her, and she's here. It's and a her. It's a her. It's, it's a, a her. Girl. Yay! Our special guest is Miriam Abigail Rice. Hi. Yay. Okay, which would you rather do? Day this at the is... beach or amusement park? It depends on how I'm feeling that day, honestly, because <laughs> I really, really enjoy um, roller coasters, like, a lot. They make me very happy, but I also enjoy relaxing at the beach, and so it depends on if I want a chilled-out day or, like, a thrill-seeking. I want my heart to be, like, in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, I also just had coffee, and I'm pretty caffeinated, so I'm feeling the amusement park right now. I feel like that'd be a lot of fun today. But Heart! <laughs> Get all the caffeine out, because I'm, I'm a little shaky right now at this point, honestly. Here we go. It's time. It's, it's, it's a huge one, too. Like, it's a lot of coffee. Pastor Nicole says, day at the beach, no question. I, I didn't have a question with yours. I knew what yours would be immediately. Ashley Melton, I love you. Hi. Um, <laughs> Ashley says beach, no amusement parks. Johnny says beach. Holly says beach. EO says beach. Serena says day at the beach for him. Buddy's driving and says amusement park. That's interesting. I, so I don't super love amusement parks. Disney World is a different entity unto itself, and I like Disney, but an amusement park by itself. I have a fun little story that Abigail and I did together, actually. A couple of years ago, we went to Carowinds. That's, is that North Carolina or South Carolina? It's both. It's on the border. It's on the border. Both states have it. It's an amusement park here, and I, we took the youth, and the youth know that I'm, I'm not big on roller coasters. Like, I'm not scared, but I don't care for them. And I had avoided them all day long. And then the very last ride that they went on was like, is it the tallest or the fastest or? Uh, I feel like both. It's something. Like it was intense. It's probably the tallest, I think. And I, I had one of them ask me to go and the Holy Spirit told me that I needed to go. So I <laughs> went and Abigail and I were actually in the same row. Like it was me and Abby and a couple other kids, and there was this boy who was in youth at the time. He was like 11, yeah. I think, and I had already mapped it out in my head. I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this thing, it goes upside down. I'm going to sit in the middle. Like, that way, I'm not falling out. I'm in the middle. I'll feel more comfortable. It'll be great, and I'm about to go in, and he turns to me and goes, Miss Barrett, and let me tell you, like, southern proper little boys going, Miss Barrett, like, that's an immediate <laughs> heart melt thing. He's like, Miss Barrett, I'm... I'm kind of scared. 
can I please sit in the middle to feel safer? And I just immediately, immediately my mental process was, he's 11, I am 28. I have lived seven, like 17 <laughs> years longer than he has. I, it's okay if I fall out. I've been married. I've done great things for Jesus. It'll be okay. He needs to live. And so Abby, <laughs> Abby's like, on. I think you were on one end, weren't you? Yeah. And I'm on the other, and we start going up, and I'm literally just praying in tongues the whole time. The whole time it's going. And everyone's turning around making fun of me, and I, I had no care. I'm like, whatever, guys. I, I don't care. Well, the thing <laughs> is, is when you sat in it and there was the bar that came down, it, was made, it had foam on it, so it wasn't just metal and you, like, bang your body on it and yeah. hurt yourself but there were chunks of the foam yes. out because people had gripped it so hard and it would like go upside down or whatever and they would rip the yeah. chunks out of the foam. And I'm like, and I, if we make it through this. And I've had an experience before at an amusement park where I've done one of those like rides where it's supposed, the thing's supposed to hold you down and it didn't latch. So the whole ride I'm in with my dad and it's loose and my head's like hitting the top of the thing and I'm almost falling out of it. So I'm having like a PTSD sort of situation where I'm like, it's latched, it's latched. I won't die. The Lord loves me. I'm in covenant with him. I'm protected <laughs> by the blood. It'll be fine. Honda Sayatioko. And then we just scream the whole rest of the way. I clearly didn't die, but that's, that's what going to an amusement park is like with me, everybody. The beach is much more fun. <laughs> um, Pastor Nicole says a roller coaster on the beach. Um, I'm still not down with that. Uh, <laughs> I think that sounds great. Maybe if it dumped you out in the water, oh. like a really intense slide. I don't feel like the salt water would be good in my nose, though. Yeah. But I feel like the smell of the salt water as we're there would be calming. I feel like it'd be, it'd be a really great like therapy. It's like in uh, the real version of essential oils. Essential oils <laughs> yeah. calm me down and the beach. Ocean that. mist. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds George great. says he'd like to do the beach under a tent. Julie says, hi ladies. Ashley Melton says that she loves me. I love you too. Johnny says to George that he would need lots of sunscreen. George would need lots of sunscreen. Mm -hmm. Abby is our guest, Kevin. Abigail's our guest. Yep. And Pastor Nicole says, in, Carol in Carowinds, you can stand on the state line and have one foot in each Carolina. Oh, mm -hmm. That's like a walk to remember. And Marky from the back. Oh. I don't know that movie. Marky says, wooden roller coasters are fun because you legit feel like you might die. Much more thrilling. <laughs> that, that does not sound thrilling. And Holly says, road trip. Carowinds, here we come again. Let's do this, Holly. We okay. just need someone to watch your baby. Yeah, I don't think Ben is ready he's for this. He's not quite tall enough. Yeah, he, he's not okay <laughs> to ride yet. Okay, next, this or that. Bum, 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 da, da. This or that. I did not know Abigail was going to be on the broadcast when I did this one. Would you prefer a hamburger or a taco? There is absolutely no question. If anyone says a hamburger, I'm disowning you. I, so I almost didn't do this one because when I saw it, I'm like, this isn't even a contest. Like the taco's going to win this, yeah. but we have people like George Nauer, Sherman Cox, and I feel like Johnny Shaver who are probably yeah. more team hamburger. And so now yeah. I'm curious if Johnny. that's a dude thing or if that's, I don't know what it is. Oh no, I immediately thought of Paul because I know he likes red meat and I don't, I can't imagine like, he likes it to be like bloody still, which is disgusting, which is disgusting yeah, first of all, but I don't gross. imagine tacos being like a bloody still. Yeah. 
No. It's Sorry. Oh, Holly. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> so Rachel. Johnny says hamburger. Kevin says tacos all day long. Kevin, you can oh, hang out with us. Thanks, Kevin. Holly says, sorry, Abby, cheeseburger. Uh, Pastor Nicole says taco. It has hamburger inside, so it's the best of both. Exactly. Accurate. Um, Marky says that she's not eating a taco at a barbecue. I don't, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Did somebody say eating a taco at a barbecue? Oh, I understand. But you, so which, which way do you lean there? Was that your Switzerland answer? Like, <gasps> Marky's team hamburger. Marky. I'm wearing a taco shirt, too. <laughs> I gave you that taco shirt. Get out. <laughs> There's the door. My goodness. Get out. I, I gave her the gift of a taco Look shirt. Look at this. Look at this. Here, here goes, here goes the, the dude versus girl theory. <sighs> Serena says, I say taco. Buddy says hamburger. Interesting. Kevin, you're the only guy so far that said taco. Taco-flavored hamburger. I Just get a hamburger. Get a taco. It has hamburger meat in it. Dorito, Dorito taco hamburger? That sounds amazing. That, that does sound good. It does sound amazing. Okay, next. Uh, Pastor Nicole says, you could blow the minds off barbecuers everywhere and have grilled taco shells. That sounds weird. Um, okay, this or that. Would you rather work alone or work in a group project? I did think of you when I put this one together. I, <laughs> I did one, think of you. This one isn't fair, I don't feel like. <laughs> because I'm a people person, and I, I like being around people, but I'm always more productive working alone. I, I actually, so my answer to that one is working alone. Like I would prefer, me personally, I'd prefer to work alone if I know what I'm doing. Like if I have mm -hmm. a good understanding of what's happening, my preference is to do it by myself. But if I don't know things, then I prefer to work on a team. So like in social media stuff here at the church, like I, I'm on a team with Abby and Marky and Buddy, and I'm so thankful to be on a team with them because they have a lot of knowledge and experience and understanding that I don't have. So praise Jesus for that team. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like I'd prefer to do it by myself and just knock it out and get it done. Yeah, it does depend on the project. Uh, who says, okay, Kevin is a smart man. Why is he a smart man? Because he picks tacos? I yes. think so. Um, Kevin says that his sister and nephew also say tacos. 100%. That's, we're still on that one, but 100% tacos. Kevin says he would prefer to work alone. Johnny says he'd prefer to work alone. <laughs> Ashley Melton says alone. I don't like many people. <laughs> Ashley, I love you. You're so funny. <laughs> um, Pastor Nicole says, yeesh, depends on the group. That's also very valid. That's, that's valid. Um, Holly says, group project if I have the right people. Marky says, same. I don't know who she's saming. Me? You're saming me? Marky and I are the same. Eo says, who am I working with? I must know that first. <laughs> George says, alone. <laughs> Serena says, this one's hard. I would say alone, though I love being with people as well. 
And Pastor Nicole says, the problem with groups is I want to cut up and have fun, so I'm probably more productive having a delegated task for the group project. I get that. And finally, our last this or that of the day, I think. I think we have one more. No, that's it? That's it. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just teasing you. I have plenty more saved, so if you need them, we've Would got Marty them. Would Marty say the alone? She said the same as me, so alone. Unless she doesn't know what she's doing, and then she'd prefer to work with other people. So that uh, way she can glean their intelligence. Sure, yeah. Mine would probably be alone. And because I get more done when I'm alone, I, I can think clearly. I, I learned when I was in my teenage years, even as a kid, my parents would let me have uh, music while I was doing my homework, and I you know, limited myself to no music because it was distracting. And in my teenage years, it, that says something. Are you a music person when you work now? No, not generally. I'll, I mean, every now and then I'll put something on, but I, I, it generally irritates me after a period of time. So. Abby and I were talking about our music that we listen to when we're doing work or studying, and we have very contrasting music. I listen just to epic movie scores. It's the same ones all the time, so my brain isn't like, this it's is not new. not regular movie scores. Well, only, only, only like ones. James Bond or something that makes me feel like what I'm doing is worthwhile or else it's just, there's no point in doing it. <laughs> if I feel like I'm saving the world, then I stay motivated and I really get stuff done, honestly. Or Pride and Prejudice. Or Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of those thrown in too and that just calms me down. It's good. It's their own shuffle, so I'm calm, but I'm also epically saving the world and... It's, a it's good, great. It's a good cool down music. It's a Once good mix. Once you save the world, it's like, okay, there's, relax. There's a lot. And let's go again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like happy music. So even when I'm working, I, I can do some songs. Often they have to be songs I don't know super well. Otherwise, I'll want to sing with them. But I like very happy instrumental music when I'm working. It's like Vivaldi or happy guitar or happy piano. If it's the epic one, I feel really nervous and like... Oh, I've got to get things done, and it's not relaxing. <laughs> Marky says, no, period, music, period. Very, very strong emotions. <laughs> I got, that's why I was asking earlier. I, I think Marky has a um, um, one-track mind. She, she doesn't like multitasking. She likes doing one Accurate. thing, which that's the way I am. Is that correct? Yeah, she's shaking her head. She and I were talking about is. this earlier we've been doing we've been tracking our time here at the church and one thing I realized um, just to help us be more productive and one thing that I realized is that I'm somebody who will start many little projects at the same time and just keep them all going at the same time and I've worked to not do that as much and good, Marky good plan. has <laughs> been solely one-tracked minded and so we were talking about how we can meet in the middle on both of those things. Well, the issue with that is, um, going biblical on you, is Colossians 3, I think it's 3.23, where it says, do everything as unto the Lord. And so what happens is when we get into multitasking, we're actually only given a percentage to each thing. We're not all into it, and it can be dangerous that way because we split up. But that yeah. has been the habit of so many, and multitasking was praised and for a while, and then all of a sudden, they reverse. They flip. They're like, no, nah, multitasking is not that great, which I would agree with. But 
Um, it's good to focus on what you're doing at yeah. the time and, and do one thing at a time and do be all in, be 100% yeah. as unto the Lord like Jesus was sitting there and you were doing it for him. But, um, you know, everybody has different habits and different ways of flow and it doesn't make it bad, but we want to make sure that we're honoring it in that yeah. way. So I'm not a multitasker, so yeah. I would be biased towards it anyway. Well, one of the things that we were talking about is not let's do five different projects at the same time, but more in a, how can we accomplish different things? So like if, if I'm working on a task, can I have something else happening in the background while I'm doing this? Can it do something else while I'm doing something? So just sure, thinking yeah. different ways to maximize Get things it. started and yeah. then, yeah, get things started, but then not have to be with them. Yeah, yeah. so like uploading a video to YouTube that could take four hours yeah. instead of watching it, something like that. Yeah. Not that Mar Marky and I weren't talking about that, but that's the example I have. But it has been a ditch of mine for sure to do lots of different things all at once. <laughs> and so it's something I've worked to correct. And, and yeah, and it, I think that that's, um, there, there is some precedent to do one thing at a time, you know, but at the same time, there's, it, it's not like it's written, don't be a multitasker in the Bible so that, <laughs> you know, be a one track mind. But uh, it, is, it is something where we have to pay attention to what percentage are we yeah. given. So a lot of times, Honestly, in our society, because we're so, there's so many things happening all the time, and it is a microwave society, we're truly, for the most part, as a society, not given fully to yeah. one thing at any time. And that's dangerous. That's not good. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, but uh, anyway, that, that's leadership stuff, too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> the man who would be king. So thank you. Uh, thank you, guys. And uh, today... Got my daughter Abigail. Is this the first time you've been on with me? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Yep. I think, well, cool. That, cool. This will be awesome. I think you'll enjoy it. So, uh, not just you, I think they'll enjoy it too. But <laughs> anyway, thank you, Barrett. That's awesome. There's, um, I was looking at my shirt. I'm like, my face matches my shirt really well. It does. It like, does. That's odd. And I'm just see through at this point, I'm just white. <laughs> <laughs> I'm white. I got a lot of sun on Sunday preaching, so anyway, but I'm like, man, I wonder if, anyway, <laughs> interesting. I did, I was, I was, could feel it on earlier this week. <laughs> I could feel the sun on my face and my skin was dry. So anyway. Kevin says, so happy to have you, Miss Abby. Uh, Hallelujah. So let's jump right in. One of the things that we're doing is uh, we are actually uh, talking about uh, the man who would be king. And that's talking about anybody who's a leader. So uh, you're called mm -hmm. to be a leader. Anybody in the body of Christ is called to be a leader. Yeah. Um, anybody who would be a CEO, anybody who would be uh, a president of a company, a king, a president of a country, uh, mm -hmm. shift supervisor, uh, servant of God, a pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, Sunday school teacher, or just somebody who's making disciples is called to be a leader. So mm -hmm. we've been looking at the life of uh, King Saul, King David, and Jonathan. And uh, you heard uh, Mommy and I talking yesterday about mm -hmm. uh, uh, just covenant 
covenant, loyalty, yeah. diligence, and honor and esteem. That was really powerful. If you missed it yesterday, you definitely should check that out. But we're in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 20, and uh, we're going to start with verse 4. This is where we ended yesterday. So 1 Samuel chapter uh, 20, verse 4 says, Then Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. Whatever mm-hmm. you say, I will do for you. And uh, in looking at that, uh, one of the things that, you know, that we see is that uh, he was loyal to David. Yeah. He was loyal to him. It wasn't an on again, off again. It was he was loyal to his death. He was loyal to mm-hmm. David. And that is the mark of a leader. And uh, so that's kind of where we're standing. What he was saying uh, to David was, hey, look, my dad and the king of our country wants to kill you. But he was saying, David, I'm not going to let that happen. And I will let you know. And I will Mm -hmm. say to you, uh, whatever you say, I'll do it for you. Why? Because he knew that God was with David. He knew that the king of the country, he knew that even his father was wrong. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm going to support what God is doing. And um, I've had I've had situations like that too in my life where I had leadership people in leadership around me and I knew that wasn't right and I had to do what God said. However, um, if it has to do with morality, so one mm-hmm. of the aspects of it is that you don't just go and do like let's say that you know, let's say that I told you as as your dad let's say that I told you to work on this project now and mm-hmm. you felt like you know God had told you to work on another project now all right well submission would say I'm not asking you to cross a moral line I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not saying uh, all right I'm saying basically work on this project now then go back to the other one I'm not telling you to go and do something immoral you should then submit in that way and be yeah. loyal but if I'm telling you, you know, to go and kill somebody or to not go to church, that's obviously something that he said mm-hmm. uh, to do, to plant yourself. That would be wrong. And so if I'm just telling you to work on a different project, it's not crossing a moral line, then you mm-hmm. should listen to that. Right. Uh, you just disagree. That's where submission comes into play. But when I cross a commandment of God, that's when it becomes, you know, right. different. So. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't know that you've had many of those instances to fall back on, but yeah. that is, that is the way it should yeah. go. So I don't recall being asked to murder anyone. So <laughs> it's, it's a good step. It's, it's always, it's always a good mark. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you read? And I'll just, I'll stop you. Uh, starting with verse five. You got the New American, okay? Uh, yes. So it says, So David said to Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I ought to sit down to eat with the king. But let me go that I may hide myself in the field until the third evening. If your father misses me at all, then say David earnestly asked to leave, asked leave of me to run to Bethlehem his city because it is the yearly sacrifice there for the whole family. If he says it is good, your servant will be safe. But if he is angry, know that he has decided on evil. Therefore, deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. But if there is inquiry in me, put me to death yourself. Iniquity. Iniquity. If there is iniquity in me, put me to death yourself, for why then should you bring me to your father? 
Jonathan said. So look at this. When he says, in other words, uh, that God's given him uh, wisdom on how to discern what is going on with Saul and what's not. If, mm -hmm. Is Saul's heart turned to evil or is Saul's heart good? But then I love this, what David says, therefore deal kindly with your servant. Help me know what's going on. You have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. Yeah. But he's saying this to his friend, to the person in covenant. He says, look, if there's iniquity in me, Jonathan, now watch this. He's going to his covenant friend. Mm -hmm. He's going to his covenant partner. Yep, Kevin says they were in blood covenant together. Mm -hmm. He says, my covenant friend, my covenant uh, partner in this way, my cov covenant person in life, if there's sin in me, mm -hmm. put me to death yourself, right? Don't wait for your dad. You don't have to bring me to your dad. Put me to death yourself. In other words, what is he telling Jonathan? He's saying, Jonathan, I'm giving you the right to call me out on these things. Mm -hmm. Don't you, you don't have to wait. Mm -hmm. Call me out. If you see sin in me, I want to know it. He's given Jonathan the right to look into his life for real to the point of death. Like if it's something where I need to be killed, kill me. Mm -hmm. This A good leader, this is what made David great is a good leader is going to say, judge me. Let your, judge, let your word, let the light of God shine on me. And, he, and also he puts his hands in the lives of other people. You know, uh, many, many times we see where ministries are set up and uh, sometimes those ministries uh, by action are run by somebody who really runs a ministry almost like a dictator. Uh, and they leave mm -hmm. no room for any, 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 if they messed up, they leave no room for somebody to remove them. You know, in our, in our bylaws, there's room to do that. It's set up and, and each person on the leadership team, they, they should know what are those elements and how to enact that. Because what, what a leader should say is, look, yes, I am born again, but yes, I do not have a glorified body yet. Mm -hmm. And and I need to make sure that I look at myself and I don't just, uh, I'm not just sitting there acting like I'm never, ever going to mess up or I'm never mm -hmm. going to be tempted to mess up or yeah. that I'm so holy that I can't miss it. This is when uh, people that are leaders, especially in the kingdom of God, really mess up when they think that they, uh, that they can't miss it. So mm -hmm. uh, have you had any situations like that? Um. I don't know necessarily. It's it's been important for me just to make sure I stay humble in situations that I could have missed it, even if I think I was completely right in a situation. Um, to come at any situation where there has been questioned with humility and been like, I don't see how I could have missed it, but I know I definitely could have because I'm still I'm still flesh. Yeah. And just coming at people with complete humility. And, I mean, I feel like that's what David did because he had no idea of anything he had done wrong. He hadn't done anything wrong at this point, but he still came with, I still could have messed up to the point of I need to be taken out. Sure. <laughs> Take me out. Take me out. <laughs> and he had done absolutely nothing. So he, he was humble to that extent, and that's... It's crazy to me. 
Well, and that is a commitment to doing the right thing on a level I think that we don't understand today. That's a covenant commitment where he says, look, if if there's sin in me, if there's iniquity in me, Jonathan, you put me to death. You Mm -hmm. kill me. Uh, That's a commitment to walk in holy, wouldn't you say? I mean, that is a huge, that's a huge commitment. How many people are willing to do that today? Because they know, no, I'm not not saying Mm -hmm. that. I'm not going to say that. Because they, they know that they're not going to walk like that. So one of the things that the Lord uh, showed me some years ago is, uh, well, let's read this. This is mm-hmm. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8 through 10. 1 John 1, 8 through 10. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So what you see in these uh, verses is you see uh, past, present, and future tenses in these verses. So look at verse 10 first. It says, if we say that we have not sinned, if we say that we have not Mm -hmm. sinned, uh, then we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So one of the things that we see here is that uh, if we in the past say we've not sinned, we're lying. We're we're. We're deceiving ourselves already. We're lying because we, every one of us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is in the past. So to say that, no, I've been perfect in my past, we're lying, okay? Mm -hmm. And then, and we, by saying that that's the case, we're making God a liar, uh, or we're saying that God has lied too, which we Mm -hmm. know is not the case. But then verse 9, if we confess our sins... So this is future. In other words, if you find yourself at a place where you have sinned in your life, I love this verse. If Mm -hmm. we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous or just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, every bit. He is faithful and just, faithful and righteous Mm -hmm. to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All we need to do is confess and repent. I think I mentioned it yesterday. A lot of times what happens, somebody will come to the altar and they'll repent, but they don't actually, one, forgive themselves. Two, they don't actually believe that God forgave them. And they'll walk away from that confession, walk away from that kind of fake repentance Mm-hmm. Not that they didn't want to, but they didn't actually believe in mm-hmm. faith that God would forgive them. Everything we do is of faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is the victory that overcomes sin, our faith yeah. in God's forgiveness, his love to forgive. So mm-hmm. what we need to do is say, God, when I ask you with all my heart, when I confess my sins mm-hmm. and I ask you to forgive me, I'm asking in faith, believing that I have received forgiveness, and I make it a point when I've, when I've had those moments, I make it a point, Lord, I'm laying it down right here, and mm-hmm. I'm not picking it back up. I'm completely free of this. I'm walking out mm-hmm. of condemnation. I'll carry no weight of it. I'll carry no condemnation. He, but Why? 
because, not because I've been faithful, because he is mm -hmm. faithful. But the verse that you know, kind of keys into this is verse 8 in this situation. Mm -hmm. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Yeah. If we say that we have no sin. So are you familiar? Do you remember hearing me talk about the verse 2 Corinthians 5 where it says we have been made the righteousness of God mm -hmm. in Christ. You remember mm -hmm. hearing me say that. So when you're born again, you're made a completely new creation. And in that new creation, there is no sin. Yeah. So what is this talking about when it says, this is New Testament as well. Mm -hmm. If we say that we have no sin presently, we're deceiving ourselves. So how can we be made the righteousness of God in Christ and still have sin? How can that happen? Yeah. You've got to understand the three parts of man, spirit, soul, and body. The real man, the real person is the inner man. That's the spirit man. That's what's been made completely clean. Mm -hmm. No sin is in it uh, ever. Unless you yeah. reject Jesus, no sin will ever be in that inner man. Mm -hmm. here's, the only, here's the thing, though. In our flesh man, there's sin. There's mm -hmm. the nature to sin. And we won't get rid of that yeah. until we have a glorified body. And so what he's saying is, if you say that you have no flesh nature to sin, mm -hmm. that the flesh is not carrying, in other words, you've arrived at some point where the flesh won't be trying to push you towards mm -hmm. sin, then you are already deceiving yourself and the truth is not in us if we do that. So yeah. this is what David's basically saying here as a good leader. He's saying, look, if, if you find Jonathan, I don't think there's any sin in me now, but if you find some, mm -hmm. let me know. You know. Deal with me, and if need be, mm -hmm. put me to death. This is huge humility. This is, he's not just humbling himself before Jonathan. He's yeah. humbling himself before God, and yeah. this, is, this is awesome. So have you ever found uh, anything like that with you? Anything like... Where you're just sitting there and, and you're saying, well, I thought I'd arrived. Oh, and yeah. then all of a yeah. sudden you go down the road and you're like, dang it, I thought I'd dealt with that. <laughs> just recently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, How re within like, the past, like, like While we've today? been sitting here? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's always, there's always times where it can feel like a roller coaster of condemnation and then I have arrived and then condemnation and then I have arrived. And I mean, the truth lies in the middle, but I've, I've been one to try. My ditch has been to like stress out and take that out on like other people and get like upset. And so, whereas I thought I had arrived like within the past week, be like, yes, I'm not stressed out. Uh, it was actually my little sister who brought it up to me and was like, you've been stressed and everyone can tell. And I asked people and they're like, yeah, you have. So I'm like, oh, I thought I had fixed this problem. I had been working to fix this problem. And I had to humble myself and be like, thank you for pointing that out. And it's, it's a humbling thing to be pointed out when you think that you've fixed a problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm... And I could tell it uh, I needed 
for myself, I think it was a couple of nights ago, our, our schedule has been crazy. Mm -hmm. Pretty much we've not finished working over the last two weeks before nine o'clock at night, it feels like. I think I had one night, but for the le this week specifically, mm -hmm. it's been from sun up to sundown and beyond. Uh, just because people have had needs. And as a pastor, you, you're called to meet those needs. Yeah. And I could tell um, we finished, uh, let's see, Thursday night or Wednesday night. We finished Wednesday night at like 9 or 9.30, something mm -hmm. like that. And I was just tired. And then all of a sudden, you know, I wake up yesterday and I can tell like I'm on edge. I'm mm -hmm. on edge. My flesh is agitated. And what I really yeah. need I, it, it wasn't that Brian was headed in the wrong direction. I just needed to rest. I just yeah. needed to rest. And so I purposed myself to not do anything. Now, mm -hmm. that didn't work because the afternoon went, you know, where I was planning on not doing anything. And I actually recognized it Wednesday. I recognized it Wednesday yeah. afternoon. I need to take a break. And, but then the phone call, you know, phone rang and I didn't get to take a break. Somebody needed something. It was pretty important. So I didn't get to take a break. Yeah. I, at least I recognize it. There were years where I didn't recognize it and I didn't learn mm -hmm. mentally. I just need to sit back for a few minutes and chill out. And I didn't get yeah. that time. I didn't get that time to, because it, I'd been working, you know, 16, mm -hmm. 18 hour days. And, yeah. and a lot of people don't see all that. But that's what had been going on. And I just needed a break. And what am I recognizing? I'm recognizing that I still have a flesh that's got limits to it. I in my spirit man am not limited. I can do all things through Christ. But I need to apply what's in my spirit man to my flesh man. Mm -hmm. And I need, and what's in my spirit man is, hey, take some rest. You know, even God rested on the seventh day, not because he was mm -hmm. tired, but because he was patterned patterning, uh, giving us a pattern for what we should mm -hmm. do yeah. is take our rest in God. I needed to take time, just rest in the Lord. Why? Because I have a flesh. And if, if I'm going to say, well, I don't have a flesh, I can just go, I can go 24 hours a day because my spirit, man, is so renewed in Christ, then I would be deceiving myself and yeah. I would find that, remember, the truth continued in... The word is the truth, and if we continue in his word, we'll know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Mm -hmm. In other words, I won't have any freedom because I've deceived myself thinking that I don't have a flesh, that I don't have sin that's going to try and be there. So yeah. we need to be honest with that, with ourselves, and make sure that we do that. One of the things that I've found is, uh, like I, I told the story a few days ago of some uh, ministers that Nicole and I were talking to. And they had gotten to the point where they had believed wrongly mm -hmm. that they could not miss it. They could not miss it. And that's, you know, they were saying, no, I put faith. Their, their argument was, I put faith in Jesus that I have the mind of Christ. And because I put faith in him, I have the mind of Christ and I can't miss it. And so it looked like they were trying to apply faith correctly. But they're yeah. skipping over that verse in 1 John where it says, if you say you have no sin, you're deceiving yourself. And I was yeah. trying to get that point across. Uh, you can't throw away scriptures and you got to take the full counsel of the word. Yes, yeah. I believe to hear and do the right things, but I also am humble enough to know that mm -hmm. I also can hear other things even when I'm trying not to because I have a flesh. I don't, 
I don't have a glorified body mm-hmm. that's not given, not pushing sin towards me. I yeah. have one. Now, the blood of Christ has cleansed me completely. Mm-hmm. And here, here's where I think it's missed. The blood of Christ has given me the power to permanently put my flesh down. The blood of Jesus and the sacrifice, His grace has empowered me to deny all ungodliness. His grace doesn't deny that ungodliness is going to try to come. His grace gives me the ability to see it and to say no to it. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. Is yeah. And that's you have to see that in Scripture. In uh, Titus, I believe it is, mm-hmm. where it talks about grace. Uh, denies, we deny all ungodliness by grace, through grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, so many people think, well, I'm just, now that I'm born again, I'll never have any ungodliness that will ever pop up again. No, that's not yeah. what the Bible says. You'll be tempted. Uh, you'll, you'll have all kinds of things from your flesh that will try to tempt you in different ways. We need to make sure uh, that we recognize what's actually going on. And here, I love this in David mm-hmm. saying, hey, Jonathan, my covenant guy, if you see something in me, kill me yourself. Yeah. What kind of humility is that on Jonathan? On David. Oh, yeah, on David. Yeah, it's it's almost just unfathomable nowadays because it's... It is weird for today. Yeah. People don't think that way anymore. They haven't. It's, it's a lot... Humility has seemed to have been lost in a lot of this generation and a false humility has kind of replaced it. A lot of people think when humility is mentioned, it's just downplaying themselves. Like, well, I'm not worth yeah. anything. Um, David knew that he was supposed to be king at that point. Yeah, he knew he, he was worth a lot at that point. But he humbled. It's a difference between just saying I'm, I'm trash and I could have missed it. Yeah. It's it's a huge difference. And where have you seen um a lack of humility in your peers? Where have you seen that? Um I mean, I feel like most problems boil down to humility. Honestly, in yeah. one way or another, um and thinking I mean, really everything. I'm not exactly I'm not exactly sure of just one instance. Yeah. Um, I mean, from disrespecting teachers to not doing homework, not not esteeming doing things to the best of their ability because although they can get by with the grades, with they can get 100 and not give their all in, it's thinking I, I'm good enough in this to just... Yeah. I mean, it all boils down to a lack of humility, I feel like. A hunger and humility solves a ton of issues and a ton yeah. of problems. Oh, yeah. So let's continue to read here. Uh, so uh, we just saw that in verse 8. Uh, start at verse 9. First uh, Samuel 20 and verse 9. Okay. Jonathan said, Far be it from you. For if I should indeed learn that evil has been decided by my father to come upon you, then would I not tell you about it? Then David said to Jonathan, 
Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Jonathan said to David, Come and let us go out into the field. So both of them went out into the field. Then Jonathan said to David, The Lord, the God of Israel, be witness when I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow or the third day. Behold, if there is good feeling toward David, shall I not then send to you and make it known to you? If it please my father to do you harm, may the Lord do so to Jonathan. And more also, if I do not make it known to you and send you away, that you may go in safety and may the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. So one of the things we're seeing here in Jonathan is Jonathan, he's truly living out covenant. Yeah. And he's saying, <clears throat> he's saying if, if harm comes to you, let it come to me. Yeah. Let it come to me first. In, in other words, David, I, because of covenant, and this is something yeah. that is definitely not a norm in our society today, is because of covenant is anything that happens to you, may it happen to me. Anything yeah. that happens to me, may it happen to you. Uh, this is what covenant does. Uh, we're getting ready in our impact uh, university. We're getting ready to talk about the blood covenant. And one of the things that happens in the blood covenant is if we're in blood covenant together yeah. and somebody, a tribe or a different nation attacked you, mm -hmm. then they attacked me. Whether yeah. I was there or not, they attacked us both. And I am required to go and join with you because yeah. we are in covenant together. Which means basically we should not uh, we should not go into covenant unless yeah. we've really heard from the Lord. Because if we haven't heard from the Lord, that could be a really bad uh, thing. But if we've heard from the Lord, then that covenant is yeah. a great thing. So what you see with Jonathan is he's mm -hmm. saying, "My life is your life." Yeah. So where is that today? You don't hardly see mm -hmm. that in anybody today. All you see today is people standing up for themselves. You know, even statements like, yeah. well, if, if I don't watch out for myself, nobody else is going to watch out for me. Um, you have a covenant God. Are you a Christian? God's watching out for you. Yeah. That's a false statement. It's, yeah. it's an incorrect statement. Or if, you know, many times we'll say, well, if something happens to you, oh, well, that, that's so sad. Instead of being outraged at what happened yeah. you know, to them, instead of doing something to help. Uh, one, one way that I see it is when somebody, let's say that uh, somebody has a really bad report. Uh, yeah. Let's say that, you know, because your family, let's, let's say somebody outside of the family. So George is sitting here today. Mm -hmm. Let's say that George went to the doctor and he got a really bad report. Most, yeah. most people uh, would sit there, and now what's George going to do? George is going to sit there, and he's going to start going into prayer. He's going to yeah. start praying. He's going to start fasting. Uh, he and Barrett, they're going to go after God. They're going to they're approach heaven. Here's the question. Mm -hmm. How many other people are going to do that with them? Yeah. How many other people are going to yeah. join? And, and you can say, well, his church family might. Who? In today's, in today's society... Yeah. You know, under normal circumstances, all, all most people say, oh, well, I'll be, I'll be praying with you and agree. And yeah. if they pray, it'll be a short prayer right then. But yeah. nobody's going to hit their knees. Nobody's going to fast for, in most cases. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's absolute. We do it. 
uh, not too long ago, there was a situation and uh, there was a wife that needed some prayer and uh, all of us a prayer for her husband. And the leadership team literally stopped and fasted just, just for that. It wasn't even necessarily a life and death situation. It was just something that needed to happen, you know. And we stopped and fasted and prayed specifically for that. Mm-hmm. Where is that kind of thinking? Yeah. Where is that kind of thinking? Yeah. Many people are not thinking like that. And so the Lord says, look, you give yourselves to one another. Uh, you know, in Galatians, basically it says, mm-hmm. bear the burdens of one another. Think about others more highly than yourself. That's not being, that's not being had in America, in our society up to this point. But I believe it's going back to that. I believe I'm talking to the people Mm -hmm. who are going to start putting these pieces on. You know, uh, where are the ones that, we'll talk about it later with David's mighty men. David Mm -hmm. says, oh, that I would have a sip from the waters, uh, you know, of Bethlehem, I think it was. It was a Bethlehem or... I think so. Anyway, just I wish that I had some water from there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, his mighty men heard that and said, he wants something. Covenant says, I'm going to go make this happen. Yeah. I'm going to make it happen. Oh, he has a burden. He, just, he would just like to have this. They went through under, under uh, the, uh, they could have been killed. You know, yeah. uh, under the weight of life and death, they went just to get him a sip of water, mm-hmm. just to get him a sip of water. And then when they brought it back to David, he took it and said, this could have been this could have been life or death. I can't drink it. Right. And so all of a sudden he poured out the water. And I've always had a problem with that. I was talking to one of my spiritual fathers about it. He said, what made David's men mighty? The fact that they went and got the water or the fact that they went and, went and got it and they weren't offended when he poured it out? Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. One, they had, one, they had the uh, covenant inside of their heart that said, let me go and fulfill this thing simply because you wanted it. Right. This is covenant thinking. Where are the people that are standing with their brothers and sisters and they'll pray as hard for their brother or sister in Christ Mm -hmm. as they'll pray for themselves if they were in grave danger? Where is this? And so you see this in Jonathan that Jonathan says uh, basically, no, you will die. I'll die before you, David. You'll die after me. Because yeah. I will take your place. I'll stand in the way. Where is this? Sometimes we'll have a moment where uh, somebody moves on a split second. And what they do is, and watch this. Have you ever heard of stories or seen a movie where somebody jumps in front of the bullet, you know? And um, you have a visual right yeah, now? Yeah, I do. Yeah, okay, good. And somebody jumps in front of the bullet or they, they you know, jump and they get shot. And basically they're putting their life on the line. And of course... Movies, a lot of times, or TV shows, those are based off of stories that we've heard from war or whatever else is. Why would somebody do it? Why do we see that happening more in a tense situation than we can see people praying for others in day-to-day life? Why would they be more willing? I know in a tense situation you have more volatile moments. Mm -hmm. But why is it, watch this, why is it that in the volatile situation where you, 
you only have a split second to make a decision. You see more of those action, actions happening there when most of the time life is on the line. Yeah. Then you do somebody taking the time to pray for their friend with fervency mm-hmm. in every ordinary life. Why is that? And, and here there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, number one, they don't have time to think logically through the world's philosophy. They yeah. move at the Spirit's urging. In other words, they're like, I've got to go and I've got to go now. And so they'll put their life on the line like that. If more yeah. people would pay attention to the innate sense of their spirit man, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they're born again, yeah. that's directly connected to the Holy Ghost, they would be doing more godly things. But what happens is when we have a day-to-day thing, we think, well, it's not as important, but if we would actually move on the day-to-day things, we would find ourselves in less volatile situations. Many people would be in less volatile. So number one, they have time to think and they move from the Spirit's thinking into worldly philosophy thinking and then they downplay their need to get involved. They also have, they they upplay how much it's going to cost them. Well, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to spend an hour praying for that person right now. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is they don't consider that daily item as important as the life and death situation. Mm-hmm. But if they would consider that as high, then yeah. you'd have less life and death situations. So that's how we can bear the burden. We must understand that many times God's leading us to do something. And I've watched it over, over time. And you've probably had it happen. I've had it happen for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm in a service and somebody's talking about fasting. I'm, I'm like, yeah, 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 I need to fast. And then I go home and I'm like, well, did God really say that? Just like Eve in the garden. You've never done that. No, no. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, I think everybody's done that. I'm pretty sure. Why is it that we do that? Why do you think? In the anointing, we're not trying to think through the logic. Like you said, not thinking through the logic of the world. You're just feeling the anointing immediately and not thinking a second thought about it. But then once we have time to ourselves to think through, well, I don't really feel like doing this. Yeah. We just, what came to mind immediately just in thinking about this is we actually recorded a Truth Talk episode just a couple days ago talking about this. And like, I, I feel safe to say about 90% of every problem in any relationship is, because, is a lack of humility and because the person thought of themselves before thinking about the other person. Yeah. And that's not, that's what we see here when Jonathan says, it, it says Jonathan loved David as he loved his own life yeah. and every situation you see Jonathan thinking of David's of David's life before he thinks of his own life yes. if we did that we wouldn't have hardly any problems at all in any relationship yeah. because we're thinking of the other person what does this person need right now they need me to pray all right I'm going to do whatever I need to to pray for them not think about what I need because yes. I trust the anointing that says, and the covenant 
I trust God enough to take care of me that when I'm doing this in the covenant, in the anointing for this person, God will take care of me. Yes. And it's such a powerful thing just to, and it's simple. It's just thinking about the other person instead of ourselves. But it's become, it's become so common and normal for people to be like, yeah, I think about my life first. Because yes. like you said, people will say, if, if I don't think about it, who's going to think about it? If we were doing this, yes, we wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> my mom got on here. She said, that's my previous granddaughter, so I don't, I don't know where you went. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm assuming that's an uh, autocorrect. <laughs> hey, Miss Sharla. Hey, Lisa. Lisa Lamb. So let's continue reading. So Jonathan just said, no, you know, far be it from you. I will die in your place. So go ahead and keep reading. I lost where we were at. <laughs> uh, verse 13. 13, all right. If it please my father to do you harm, may the Lord do so to Jonathan. And more also, if I do not make it known to you and send you away that you may go in safety. And may the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, will you not show me the loving kindness of the Lord that I may not die? You shall not, you shall not cut off your loving kindness from my house forever, not even when the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord require it at the hands of David's enemies. Jonathan made David vow again because of his love for him, because he loved him as he loved his own life. Amen. And, and that right there is the root of covenant. Mm -hmm. He loved David as he loved his own life. Yeah. He loved David as he loved himself. You yeah. know? Um, one of the things that becomes important is that we put that into place and put that in perspective. So a lot of times many people have the idea, we'll just cover it real quickly. Hey, Lisa. She said, hey, Pastor Brian and Abby. I see Jason Barton. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Um, so one of the things that we'll cover real quickly is just that if you're going to be a covenant person, which is a godly person, mm -hmm. also when you become a covenant person, you start to understand what you mean to God when he cut covenant with you through Jesus Christ. God yeah. made an everlasting covenant with us and he loves us as he loves his, his self, yeah. that's what covenant does. But at the same time, let's define now what love is because many people, the reason why they have trouble in their life and trouble in their marriages and in their relationships is because uh, they don't understand that love is not an emotion. It's not mm -hmm. something that you fall into or fall out of. Yeah. Uh, love, very simply, is a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God. Love mm -hmm. is a choice and a commitment to yeah. unconditional giving at the leading of God. I'm, I'm sure uh, Barrett or Markey is typing that in. Love is a choice and a commitment to mm -hmm. unconditional giving at the leading of God. And so for us to be in covenant, we must choose the other person as we would choose ourselves. Yeah. We must commit to the other person as we would commit to ourselves. Yeah. We must give to the person as we would give to ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so 
and we must give to the other person as we hear from God, as mm -hmm. we would do it to ourselves. So, in other words, we want to make sure that our actions are following what God is up to, and yeah. we're led by Him. So love, and when we see that, there you go, love is a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God. So mm -hmm. you see, how do we get to this? Well, it's a, it's a boiling down of Scripture, looking at the fullness uh, of the gospel. Yeah. You see that Jesus chose to be a part with humanity. He mm -hmm. chose to leave heaven. Yeah. He chose to go to the cross. Mm -hmm. He chose to go to the grave. He did not have to. Mm -mm. He, he even said, at any second, I could call a legion of mm -hmm. angels and basically I'd come off this cross. Mm -hmm. I'd be healed. He chose this. Yeah. But then he was committed to that choice. Yeah. You know, I think 30 years ago, it would have been a lot easier for me just to say love is a choice to, for unconditional giving and leave off the commitment part. Yeah. But our society shifted around the 50s and 60s and the mindset changed where we feel like mm -hmm. we make choices, but we don't actually make quality choices. We talked yeah. about the other day that it's very much a keep the receipt society mm -hmm. uh, so that what happens is we actually, everything we buy, we keep the receipt because... Yeah we may change our mind. It's not because it may break. Most, most of the stuff we're not taking back because it breaks. We're taking it back because we decided we didn't like it or we, we didn't check it out and figure out, is this the actual part that I need? We'll keep the receipt. So we're not making quality choices in our society. Yeah. A quality choice involves a commitment to that choice. So love is a choice and a commitment. So you see, Jesus made the choice to come to the earth, become a man. Uh, he chose to go to the cross, and then he committed to that choice, even mm -hmm. to the death. In the garden, he's going, look, this is not what I want to do, yeah. but your will be done. I'm committed to the choice. Yeah. I'm committed to what you say. But then he says, for God so loved that he gave. It's mm -hmm. a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving. Because God did not give us Jesus when we had it all right. God gave us Jesus when we had it all wrong. He was, it was not conditional, uh, that. Now, we may walk in more or less blessing based on conditions. We may walk in more of the promise or less of the promise, but that's in our hands. Uh, yeah. But love gives unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And so unconditionally, God has laid out every blessing, but it starts with Jesus Christ giving him unconditionally. Unconditionally, God's given out every blessing, and he's given us access to every blessing would yeah. be a better way. But then by own condition, we step into more or less. The only mm -hmm. condition uh, that's there is do we choose to receive his love? Do yeah. we choose to walk in it? Yeah. And so, but he gave unconditionally. So he gave not based off of where we were or what we were doing. He, in other words, in the home, husbands, you don't choose to take out the trash because she did or did not make you dinner. You know, wives, you don't choose to make dinner because he did or did not take out the trash. That's conditional giving. That's yeah. not love, right? We yeah. choose and we make a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving, Romans 5. Romans 5 says that when we were uh, helpless, 
we were sinners and when we were enemies, that that's when Christ died for us. Yeah. We weren't at the top of our spiritual game. Mm -hmm. We were at the worst. We were mm -hmm. enemies of God. And that's when, it, when Jesus gave his life for us, a choice mm -hmm. and a con, uh, commitment to unconditional giving. Mm -hmm. But then you see in 1 Corinthians 13, 3, even though I give all my possessions to the poor or give my life to be burned, so those are both choices and commitments to unconditional giving. So there's another piece because the next part of that verse says, but have not love. Mm -hmm. So I can be outside of love even though I've made all of these choices. Yeah. I can still be outside of love. How is it that I'm outside of love? I gave all my possessions to the poor. How is that not love? Because maybe God didn't tell you to give all your possessions to the poor. You yeah. assumed that was a worldly philosophy yeah. uh, that you, you know, gave everything. Maybe he was saying not to this person but to this one. And here's how we can see that. When Jesus said, uh, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Yeah. And we see Jesus' perfect love manifested. He only did what he saw the Father do. And he only said what he heard the Father say. Mm -hmm. This is the leading of God. It, so to give you a great example of that, that the Lord gave me, was I love uh, my son Luke, your brother. Mm -hmm. I love him. He's six years old, about to be seven. And I love him. And I would give him anything if the Lord told me to give it to him. Yeah. Because if I listened to six-year-old fleshly Luke, I, he would eat ice cream every single meal and he would have every Lego on the shelf that ever was and Transformer. Uh, but I know that's not what God wants me to do. That's not what he wants him. If he had every leg on the shelf, he'd go up in his room. He'd never talk to anybody. He'd never interact with anybody. If, if he had ice cream all the time, that would actually lead him to bad health. That wouldn't be love. That yeah. would actually be child abuse. So although he would enjoy being unconditionally given to mm -hmm. and me making a choice and commitment to give him ice cream all the time, Mm -hmm. that's not what love does. Love doesn't just give anything yeah. and everything. It hears from God and it's obedient mm -hmm. to it. So when we say that a covenant heart loves someone as you love yourself, then you're saying, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do for this person. I give myself for them even to the death. I love them like I love myself and I choose them. I commit to them. I give to them unconditionally at everything you lead me to do. Right. And that's what a covenant heart right. uh, does. So how many people do we see that are actually operating in a covenant heart? Hardly anybody. I'd love yeah. to tell you that I've operated in it a lot, but I can't tell you that. I'm working on doing that. I'm getting oh, yeah. better at it daily, but I haven't done that the way that I should. This is, this is why it's good for me. This study mm -hmm. is good for me. Oh, I'm yeah. growing in it. I'm seeing how do I do these things. So how many husbands are thinking, like I'm thinking right now, have I done this with my wife? You know, Have I given to her unconditionally? at the leading of God, and I'm not talking about over the years, I'm talking about like today. Um, probably not. Have mm -hmm. I given to her uh, unconditionally in that way? Okay, then I need to ask these questions. Lord, how can I do that? 
Right. Help me to see the way you're looking at this situation. Help me to see that so that I can be a covenant person. And right. here's why. When we move into a covenant heart, all of a sudden we move into godliness mm-hmm. and things start working. Mm-hmm. So I want things to work in your life as leaders, just as people of God. I want things to work. We want things to work in your life. But I can't, I'm not going to tell you that it's going to work if you don't walk in godliness. But if you walk in godliness, which is covenant, yeah. things will work. So what do you have to say about that? It's, it's just shocking to, well... Before that, just it struck me, you know, love isn't always what, what we just assume is love and what makes our flesh feel the emotion of love. Like whenever you tell Luke, no, you can't have ice cream for breakfast and lunch, his flesh doesn't feel, he's loving on me right now. <laughs> his flesh feels very uncomfortable and upset even sometimes. And he, it can, if he's not paying attention yeah. He can be like, well, daddy, daddy's not loving on me right now. And that was most definitely love to say, hey, you're not going to give yourself all these health troubles because you're going to eat ice cream every, every single meal. Right. And so often we can, I know we can, I have reasoned in my brain sometimes that, well, I'm, should I do this? And if I feel the Holy Spirit's check on that and it makes my flesh feel uncomfortable, I've been like, that's not love. I don't think that, I don't think that was love. That must have been my head just, yeah. it wasn't Holy Spirit because this, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Feeling is what was compelling, not, not love. love. Yeah, because love's not a feeling. And that's how yeah. so many people get it backwards is they feel like they fell in love or they fell mm-hmm. out of love. No, you fell into or out of a feeling, but mm-hmm. love's not a feeling. Right. True love, yeah. the one that lasts, the love that God is, is not a feeling. Yeah. It's, a, it's unconditional giving. It's a choice and a commitment to unconditional mm-hmm. giving at the leading of God. And that's how it's missed so many times. Yeah, if love was a feeling, I'm sure Jesus was not feeling love as they were spitting at him and crucifying him. That's a great point. If, if he was being compelled by love in that situation, love can't be a feeling because yeah. he, he was not feeling love from everyone who was murdering him. That's, that's how we know it's not a feeling. He had already given a commitment and a choice to love despite his feelings, his feeling of if there's any other way let this cup pass from me. Yeah, and let that, that's a great, that's a great point. And one thing to look at is this. This is, this is something that I think a lot of times we have missed. I know I have multiple times. Is that Jesus had already made the choice mm-hmm. in the garden. The choice was made to give himself on the cross and go to the grave as he spoke with the Father in intimacy in the garden. Now, do you imagine between the garden and the grave how many feelings he had to break that choice? Yeah. From the garden to the grave, how many feelings were involved between then? Every, Every stripe 
was a feeling of get out of here. Mm -hmm. Every uh, person that spat on his face was a feeling mm -hmm. of get out of here. Every time the high priest said, said, you know, basically you're a false prophet, you know, yeah. you, you know, and he mocked them and they scourged them and they did all of these things. How many times, how many times did he have feelings contrary to his choice? And so that's why you see, we need to learn how to be convicted and committed mm -hmm. to our choices because if we're not learning how to be committed to our choices, then we won't be covenant people. And if we're not covenant right. people, we won't walk in the fullness of God. Yeah. And so one of the things uh, that I think is very important is that people spend time in intimacy and fellowship with God. And that can be in their personal time. It can be when they're at the altar on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. It can be when God's moving in a service. But they, they have these moments where they spend time with God. And in the anointing, like what we talked about yesterday, mm -hmm. they honor the anointing. In the anointing, God speaks to them. And okay, I don't have to second. Once I know that I know that that was God, I don't second guess it from that period forward. Right. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going yeah. to make this happen. Uh, now, it may be that you have to know there's a what to do and a when to do it, and the when is not yet there. But mm -hmm. once you hear from the Lord, once you know that you've heard from the Lord, the choice is made and the choice will not be reversed. I see people mm -hmm. many times failing uh, in leadership positions and in non-leadership positions because the choice that God told them to make uh, is not actually upheld. And so the choice in love is then turned off by feelings. Right. And so if you look at Jesus, he patterned it perfectly when he made the choice in his intimacy and, and fellowship, anointed fellowship with the Father. Mm -hmm. He made the choice there, and then all the feelings he had from there to the grave, he did not let those feelings reverse the choice. Right. Don't, you know, put that in the comments. Just say, I will not let feelings reverse the choice of love. I will not let feelings reverse the choice of love. And then we give that, when we give that love to the people around us, we become a covenant people and God has no yeah. other option. He's already laid it out in this word. When you walk uprightly, I am not going to withhold any good thing. Mm -hmm. We will start walking in good things like crazy because we decide I'll be covenant people like Jonathan was to David. Yeah. Amen. Anything else? Go I was ahead. just thinking, you mentioned as how many feelings Jesus must have, must have felt on the way to the grave. I... I can count the amount of feelings I feel just telling myself no on the way to Taco Bell. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> I can't go again. It's, so I can't imagine that many. <laughs> I feel like I need to take a look at your bank account. <laughs> I've done really well, actually. You have? I'm pleased. Yeah, I've only... I've only You're gotten... pleased or the Holy Spirit is pleased? Is that... I felt like answers? he hasn't had to tell me no as much. <laughs> no, you can't go get it for the 14th day starting, in a row. It's a good starting it's, point. <laughs> it is. I've only had it a couple times. I don't have a personal relationship with the people running it. They did know you at one point. They did, and I knew their names. They knew me by my car as I pulled up. <laughs> 
They're like, oh, you're in a new car? You cut your hair. They know me better than some of my classmates. <laughs> it, was, it was a great relationship. Not quite covenant, but That's so funny. we were on the way. We were on the way to that. That's funny. Yeah. You were on your way to a great covenant relationship oh, yeah, that until, you kept on. I think they got fired after that. It was not good. Why did? Probably because we spent too much time talking in the <laughs> drive through <line. laughs> You give me my taco, and I just, I love you. <laughs> it was, yeah. The way to your heart. Yeah. All of a sudden, they had all new employees after that. Praise God. Well, we just praise God for you, and we're thank you for being with us today. Hope that that's yeah. been a blessing to you that you've grown. I saw Marky earlier say this has really helped me, and uh, that's awesome. Uh, I feel like that's for anybody else. Share yeah. the broadcast, definitely. Uh, but if you'd like to uh, sow into the gospel and sow into what we're doing on on Facebook, you can put in hashtag donate, and then you can put the amount after that, whatever you want, like it shows in the example. Or you can go, anybody can just go to givebc.org at any time and uh, sow into the spreading of the gospel. Would you like to say anything about giving real quick before um, we end? Just giving into the anointing is just something that's been on my heart recently. It's so, it's so important to sow, and it's such a blessed to be in covenant with your pastor or just men in the anointing. Yeah. Just as yeah. Jonathan recognized the anointing on David, recognizing the anointing and sowing into that is such a blessed thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, Thank you, Sharla, for that uh, donation. I see that. Thank you yeah. so much. Lord, anybody who's giving today or any day, uh, Father, we just pray right now that it would be blessed, that it would yeah. be pressed down, shaken together. Lord, let, the, let that seed turn into an abundance for every good work according to your word. Lord, let them walk in abundance for every good work. Father, let it be noticeable. Mm -hmm. Let it be noticeable, Lord. Let it be marked. Man, something changed when I started sowing and giving on that level. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. And let every seed give seed to the sower. So, Lord, we thank you that you're helping us uh, to have a heart to sow. And so as we have a heart to sow, the Lord gives seed to the sower. Lord, let those seeds be pressed down, shaken together, and running over in their lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Amen. 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 Hey, Pastor Chris. Pastor Chris Lee, good to see you. Um, one of the things that I did, I do, I would share with you on, on giving is God says, and he made a promise, he gives mm -hmm. seed to the sower. Yeah. And uh, that means that when we purpose in our heart to be a sower, he will get seed in our hands. Many mm -hmm. times I can tell you for me, I did not have seed in my hands because I wasn't purposed to be a sower. Mm -hmm. And um, so... Uh, Brother Hagen had a statement one time. He said, Brother, I'd give something if I, if I had some seed. He said, I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> he said, what? He said, if you don't have seed, it means that you haven't purposed in your heart to be a sower. Because God says he will give seed to the sower. So if you don't have seed. And, and I went, whoo, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> that was, but you start to get a revelation of it. So all you have mm -hmm. to do is say, Lord, I will. What you give to me a seed, I will sow. And uh, the Lord will start getting seed in your hand. Mm -hmm. But when something comes in your hand, don't just assume it's yours. Don't eat yeah. your seed. Uh, you know, 
Uh, you may, it may be there uh, for you. It may be harvest, but it may be seed, and it's good to ask him, what's this yeah. for? And uh, so anyway, we love you. Thank you so much for being a part uh, with What's Right, and uh, thank you for being here today. Hope you got something out of it. Share the broadcast. Thank you for being here. I enjoyed oh, having you here. We'll have you again sometime. And uh, we love you guys. Have a great, great day. Anything else? Tell them bye. We love you. Have a good weekend. Yeah, say something yep. else. Something else. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting pressure on you right yeah, now. Yeah, Just okay. seeing what comes it's out. Breaking a sweat. Yeah. <laughs> You're turning red. I am. It, it's physically hot in here. Everybody in here is enjoying this. I'm sure they are. I can see George and yeah. Marky just staring right now, right behind the camera. Well, we love you. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. We'll see you later. We're going to have a great Mother's Day here at Boomerang Church. Uh, we're gonna, yeah. We have a gift for each lady, and uh, we're going to take a special uh, 2020 Rona family portrait that we give to each one so you don't want to miss that if you're in the area get here on sunday morning a boomerang at 10 30 we love you have a great weekend bye bye